The sound of fluorescent lights at maximum hum buzz. Approximately 600 million square miles of randomly segmented empty rooms to be trapped in. Entities lurking around every corner, waiting to pounce. Are you watching a movie? Playing the latest video game? Or are you trapped on another plane of reality with no means of escape? This week's episode is The Backrooms. Fills with dread, probably a murderer who wants you dead. It could be a ghost, a demon, or worse. Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse. It's hopeless, you're doomed. You'd call a priest if you could. You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood. I'm gonna kill you. We were trapped in some back rooms this weekend. <laughs> Long Which corridors. Ones? Oh yeah, the ho- the hotel. I never felt trapped in there, so that was good. Yes, that's always a good thing when you feel like you can see an exit. And in fact, I think as we discussed this, ex- knowing there's an exit is the key to not being afraid. But the problem with the back rooms is you don't see it if there even is one. And usually there isn't. By mm-hmm. all accounts, once you're in, that's it. This once is your new in. home. Hope you like it. <laughs> You know what? If I'm trapped in the back rooms, I'm not going to try to explore. I'm just going to set up shop. <laughs> you're you're staying at level zero. You're yes. like, this is it. There's nothing out there for me. <laughs> you know what? Every restaurant needs a hostess. I can just stand at the front. That's true. Like, Welcome to the back rooms. In, and greet the other wanderers is what they're called. <laughs> Although yes. not everything is as it seems in the back room. So what might look like just a nice wanderer could really be a smiler. I'm a ghoul. A skin stealer. The whole time. Oh, man. Yeah, this is a really fascinating topic for me. And I've been wanting to to cover this for a while. I've read so many internet forums. Man, the internet. Speaking of infinite and just there's no out, that's the internet for you right there. This is like a physical manifestation of the internet because you can just keep, go on forever. Uh-huh. 600 million miles is nothing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This one also forums, internet forums, and just it's inspired a lot of creativity. So seeing mm-hmm. different people's takes on it and reactions to it. And some people inspires art, digital art, drawn art, visual media, video game, mm-hmm. animation. So for all its horrors, it at least has inspired some art. It's very interesting to me, and we'll talk about it why it's creepy but mm-hmm. also why it's appealing i think it, a it's a venn diagram of one of those lures that we are terrified of but at the same time kind of calls to us and we're morbidly fascinated by it mm-hmm. so i like Draw these you. types of topics when we Me do too them. well thanks to the was it uh, our listener on Freaky Friday wrote it about her experience in the back rooms and you go, ooh, the back rooms and I wasn't familiar and then that's why we decided to cover yeah. it. So shout out to our listener who wrote in for Freaky Friday to kind of spur this on to dive in I deep. believe she was uh, drunk and high in a Vegas hotel, which is prime back rooms picking. If you're ever going to no clip right into uh, an alternate dimension, I think Las Vegas is probably... Uh, Point A. Yeah, best bet. Best bet. (laughs) Well, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get into it. On Sunday, May 12th, 2019, an anonymous user started a thread on the paranormal page of the internet message board 4chan. The prompt was simple. 
post disquieting images that just feel off. The first user started the thread with an image showing an empty office space with sallow wallpaper lit by fluorescent lights. Several more anonymous users replied, taking turns sharing eerie images like a child alone on a bench, the gates to a graveyard, and an isolated home on the edge of a lake with a forest behind it. This thread is a bit of a, and it's linked in our show notes if you want to go look through it. It's a bit of a Rorschach test of what people find off, mm-hmm. disquieting, eerie. And for some people, it's just a house in the woods. And I was like, oh, I would I would stay there. That looks nice. But I guess it is the endlessness of the woods behind it that they find freaky. Or just like a kid on a bench. And Perhaps, people are like, this yeah. is freaky. I'm like, it's just a kid on a bench. She's probably waiting for somebody. I think that's why I find these things fascinating is because fear and things like that, while some of it is universal, a lot of it is subjective. So what we look at and think, oh, that's a pretty house in the forest where it seems quiet and serene. Others might look at it and think, no one can hear you scream. Who knows what's lurking in the forest behind it? You're completely vulnerable and and trapped. So I think what what shapes us, how how we grow up, what we think is scary, our own experiences kind of shape what we think is scary in this world. So sometimes we look at stuff and we're like, I don't get it. But with the back rooms, kind of everybody is on the same page that these images are eerie and unsettling, but we don't quite know why. Yeah. And it's itching something or tickling something Mm -hmm. in our brain. We can't quite figure out what it is. Just a few hours later, another anonymous user responded with a warning. It read, If you're not careful and you no-clip out of reality in the wrong areas, you'll end up in the back rooms where it's nothing but the stink of old, moist carpet, the madness of mono-yellow, the endless background noise of fluorescent lights at maximum hum buzz, and approximately 600 million square miles of randomly segmented empty rooms to be trapped in. God save you if you hear something wandering around nearby, because it sure as hell has heard you. Man, <laughs> that's that's good writing for it just being two sentences. Yeah, they gave you a lot of a lot Rich. of stuff to. Yeah, I mean, it's like the two sentence horror movies that right. also comes from Reddit. This is it's the internet is fascinating because somebody just takes an image, puts this text on top of it. Ta-da! We're now you have races. a complete urban legend and internet lore that takes on its own life and morphs into, and is still morphing, because this is fairly new. Yeah, and it's, it's really, in the past year or so, gotten a lot of traction. And it's kind of, like with so many of them, it's become something different than what the original user maybe intended. But nobody really owns these things, so it can become whatever it wants. Yeah, it morphs as a concept. And in the original post, he or they, the anonymous user, capitalized the B in backrooms. So it makes it seem like, oh, this is an existing lore. Mm-hmm. Almost like your brain's like, am I supposed to know about that? Mm-hmm. What that is? When in fact, it's just kind of something made up, you know, off because they were inspired by an image that the original poster probably wasn't even their image that they had also right. seen on 4chan. Yeah. So it's just the, I think it's fascinating with the internet, with the way in which things are not only just copied, but then changed every single time they're copied, which is a meme. Mm-hmm. No clipping is a video game term, meaning to slip through spaces that are otherwise off limits. Video games clip players into certain spaces. And by turning off the clip feature, players can slip through walls or other borders meant to keep them on a certain path. 
to no-clip out of reality would mean you slip through an otherwise solid space, like a wall or a corner, into an unknown area not meant for humans, like the back rooms. I asked Tommy, well, first of all, he walks in, he goes, what game are you playing? Because I was on <laughs> Fandom Wiki. <laughs> I'm not playing a game. I'm just reading about this. I go, I just learned about no clipping. And he was like, oh, really? And I told him, I was like, is it this? And he goes, yeah, it's like, you know, you can walk through a wall in a video game or something. He's like, what's interesting about it being applied to like a real world situation is that it implies that we are living in some kind of a matrix or a um, alternate reality, like a mm-hmm. you know a created reality, which is kind of what this could imply. It also could just be it was a easy way to describe what somebody's talking about because the term already exists. But it's uh, a you know they all kind of overlap those types of theories. Yeah, and it, it is a shorthand way to say instead of saying it's like you slip through the bounds of reality, it's like oh, it's no clipping, mm-hmm. and the people on that message board primarily would understand what that is. Uh, yeah, the idea that the wall next to me, behind it, isn't the other side of my house and then my neighbor's house, and that in fact, if I you know clip through it and it was uh, a fluorescent hallway mm-hmm. down to office space, makes my ass twitch. <laughs> The image of the creepy abandoned office space included in that 2019 post wasn't original to the thread. A little more than a year prior, on April 21st, 2018, the same image of the yellowed wallpaper and fluorescent lights had been posted on the Slash B board, a place for random topics. It appeared in a thread asking for cursed images. According to Lost Media Wiki, the metadata on this older post showed the image was not original to the 2018 post either. And I do like that there is these digital timestamps, so you can try to kind of trace it back to this isn't just come from nowhere. You can mm-hmm. see where it was taken. And this image, if you Google backrooms, it's going to be the first one that comes up. And I'm sure uh, if you're familiar at all with this concept, you've seen it. But it looks like an abandoned office building from the 80s. It kind of looks like if you watch Severance, it kind of reminds me of that just Endless Hall, although the Severance set is is nicer and doesn't look as dingy and, and moist, but just endless hallways and doors off of rooms that you don't know where they go and just turning corners, those liminal spaces. You look down a hallway and it looks like it's endless and you your brain can't understand, like, where does this end? What's at the end of it? Yeah, and it's not necessarily what's in the image that's disturbing. It's the what your brain fills out. It looks exactly like the uh, office space I was in recently when I had to get my background check. I had to get my fingerprints, and I was like, I don't think this place is open. And I walked <laughs> in, and it was like one place was for lease, and it was like technically, I mean, at the, it was like bare minimum grade. If it's like you have grade A, B, C, D, E, F office space, this was like an uh, maybe an LMNO, mm. like somewhere in there. And you're like, well, it's not in inha- You just have that eerie feeling of like it should be finished out. It should have people in it. It should have signs on the door. But when you see it all blank like that, you're like, people were here and now they're not. Yeah, it looks very abandoned and unsettling. I think when you have a combination of isolation and vastness, it, that breeds panic. Yes. That's poetic as fuck. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm back, baby. I'm out from <laughs> under my uh, week-long flu. <laughs> the flu veil has risen, and you're just, like, ready with them truths. I, uh, I've got to go. And I 
but for me, that's true. I've talked mm-hmm. before, like during Interstellar, I had to take a Xanax because just the thought of like floating through infinite space and there's no end that sends me. So being in just a huge, empty warehouse office space where, yeah, it's just like everything just vanished like Chernobyl almost, except there's no obvious destruction. It's just empty. But then you might hear some like little feet running down the hall or little insects chittering, or you just see like something out of the corner of your eye duck behind a corner real quick. You know, I, I can't deal with that shit. Yeah, popping out. It's ripe for popping out. Talking about space, I read it. I think it was a one of the astronauts that had gone up in the space station described, and it's a well-known phenomenon of being in space and having that untethered feeling. And like that is a, a phenomenon that happens with astronauts of like you. Oh, it's William Shatner. He was talking about he it be, going to space made William Shatner very contemplative about um, like just humans in general and human interaction. And he said he was so filled with emotion about what just happened. I hope I never recover from this. I hope I maintain what I feel now. I don't want to lose it. And he described it as a clarion call to stop climate change because he said he looked at the planet from that zoomed out perspective and said, I'm aware that every moment that goes by, things that took 5 billion years to emerge are going extinct. We'll never know them again. And he talked about basically there's no time for war. He said that war only contributes to the coming extinction, which will include human beings. It just made him feel very, he said it felt, it filled me with dread. My trip to space was supposed to be a celebration. Instead, it felt like a funeral. Wow. Because you just feel like every petty thing is just petty. Yeah. And we, we're all one. Yeah. You're looking yeah. down at this thing we all live on and we're all separated uh, literally or figuratively. But really, you're like, from up here, it's, it's all just meaningless. Mm-hmm. I mean, life is meaningful. But yeah. the stuff that we attribute so much like strife and fear and sadness, like a lot of that could be eliminated by unification yeah tapping into the one we all gotta go to space so (laughs) elon Elon, i know you're real busy pissing everybody off on twitter right now but if you could take a second and just drop it drop that and let everybody affordably go to space so we can all have this experience like william shatner and then maybe that's what saves humanity that's what then you could save humanity elon and twitter is like me with this rug i just bought in the living room Spent my money on it, and I'm like, no, we're going to make it work. I'll get a new couch. Oh, it doesn't work? No, it's horrible. We have to get a new... Uh, Paris is like, we're going to get a new rug. And I was like, no, no, no. I'll get a new sofa. We'll get a new entertainment system. He's like, this rug was $112 (laughs) off Amazon. Do not do that. But you're like, it's not cost. You're like, come on, man. We got to... We'll make it work. It's like, just the $44 billion, it's gone. The rug, it's gone. Yeah. It's just time to replace it. You can return it. it. Yeah, I can return it. Elon probably can't return Twitter. Nah, you should write it off and then just focus on the, the Shatner bus. Call it the Shatner bus. Yes. We all go up, take a look, you feel better, and you're nicer to people. Yep, and then we all come back and we're nicer to people. I think <laughs> that we've just solved it. <laughs> According to image metadata, the photo now most commonly associated with the backrooms had first been uploaded to 4chan on July 15, 2012. What the post said remains a mystery, as all 4chan posts before 2013 have been lost to time. The metadata further revealed that the type of camera used to capture the image was manufactured sometime between 2001 and 2002, meaning the photo would have been taken sometime during those years. Still, others believe that the original image was not taken with the camera. Rather, they believe it is the product of a computer program. One, if you believe it's a computer program and it can fake metadata, then 
You know, it could make it say it was taken whenever. Mm-hmm. You can do a lot with computer programs. I don't know if you guys know that, but some of these things I've watched, I'm like, is this real? And then I'm like, no, this is software that just made, it's like architecture software, but people can do wild things where it looks very real. And then if you add a filter over it where it kind of looks like crackly or, you know, VHS tape style, it hides a lot of the imperfections, and then you can – it suspends, like, that disbelief even more. Speaking of VHFs, Heather just gave me a look. <laughs> I gave you it's a nod because we VHF. watched a VHS 95. I think we watched 94. God damn. One of the worst Hill. movies I've ever seen. It. I, I'm still so blown away that the internet <laughs> said how good it was. We looked at it. We were like, we're going to watch a good movie tonight. We did our research. The internet failed us. They failed us. I laughed really hard at it, although that's <laughs> not really the type of There were several moments I laughed. <laughs> yeah, we were cracking up, but that was, was it the intent I don't, of the yeah, movie. Yeah, I don't think that was the director's intent. <laughs> well, I was thinking about it, though. Like, you're saying what people can create and how it looks so realistic. I have found myself on TikTok watching videos going, is that real? Mm-hmm. Is that real? Or is that, like, fake woods? Or Especially is that with, um, what is it, like, deep fake stuff? When yeah, that, oh, that TikTok too. you sent me of the impressionist yes. that did all the deep fake mm-hmm. while he's doing the impression of the celebrity's face. I mean, you can trick a lot of people with that. Oh, you could probably make a killing on a cameo or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or like we saw with bringing it back to Elon, what we saw on Twitter where someone makes a fake account, makes it look like Eli Lilly, makes it look like Lockheed Martin. I was telling Tommy when Tommy was... They hacked the Associated Press and said there was a assassination attempt or whatever in 2012. So you see, like, the dangers of these things because I consider myself a fairly well-educated person. Mm-hmm. And I, as gullible as I am for goofy stuff, I usually have a good sense of, like, this is bullshit. You know me. I'll be like, Mm-mm. I'll track this petty thing down and I will find <laughs> the answer to it to the ends of my earth. And so when I – because I have that kind of, like, sleuthing nose, I'm like – oh, this is real. And then I'm like, no, it's not. Well, now I have to look. But it's so, like you're saying, it's mm-hmm. so realistic. And I am 36. And uh, like I said, I consider myself pretty smart. If you're 12 and you got a hold of a phone, I mean, you believe this was real. Yeah. And like with many internet lures, everyone, the fun of it is playing into it. So even though you may know it's not real on message boards and stuff, everyone pretends like this is the reality we've set up. This is real. So it blurs the lines even more between fiction and reality, which can be fun. Also, maybe dangerous, depending on it who, is who it is. That's true. And you're like, then your brain still goes, but what if it is real? I'm looking at this wall of like, <laughs> surely it's just my house. Over is it side. a slightly darker color than the other walls in your well, room? Uh, this one's just got a lot of holes punched in it because it's a studio. <laughs> so see, You'd already know if there was something over there. You'd be able to see like fluorescent <laughs> lights. Just you'd hear a faint hum over there. That's true. There'd be a if I turn the lights off in here, I'd see a glow. So mm-hmm. I feel better, I guess. Little pinholes. Sinisterhood will be right back. Most of you have probably heard us sing the praises of pros, the world's most personalized hair care. And for those that haven't, we want to tell you about the incredible results we're seeing since using our customized pros products. I recently cut several inches off of my hair and our stylist that we both go see, Laurel, said, oh, your hair is so healthy. She's like, it's beautiful. It was not long enough to donate, but she said it's such it's so lush. It's beautiful. And she said, you use pros, right? And I said, yeah, because she listens and she knows we love it. And she said, man, your hair is so healthy. So I didn't even really need to cut it off, but I just wanted a little change. But that's what <laughs> pros does, man. It gives you that healthy locks. Mm-hmm. 
Pros knows there is more to you than just your hair type. They've given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, which is how we got started. By analyzing over 85 personal factors, Pros determines a unique blend of ingredients to treat your exact concerns. They also have the pills that I like that help with shedding and making your hair fuller. A lot of times we think, oh, we'll just put stuff on our hair to make it better. But really, it comes from within, Heather. It's like so many, so much change. It comes from poetry, baby. (laughs) You're on it. Pros also has a review and refine feature. It lets you tweak your formulas for any reason, like your change of address, your hair color, or your diet. You have used the change of feature to change fragrances, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, you can change fragrances, see if you like something. I ended up going back to the original, but I like uh, the, the option. I like having options. As a carbon neutral certified B Corp, Pros is also an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty. All their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty-free. They're also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral. If you're not 100% positive Pros is the best hair care you've had, they will take the product back, no questions asked. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash creepy. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash creepy for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. They say that hair care is the new skincare, but there is one brand that has taken it to the next level. With a devoted following, Kitsch has created game-changing essentials beauty enthusiasts swear by. Started in 2010 by selling hair ties door-to-door, literally just hustle in a dream. Kitsch is self-funded, female-founded, and now carried in over 20,000 retail locations. Kitsch's bestsellers include their satin pillowcases, caps, and eye masks. Their satin is vegan and cruelty-free, not like silk, which was made from silkworms. These are so great for your hair and skin while you sleep. I have mine, and I love it. I am obsessed with my satin pillowcase. It is so luxurious and comfortable. Mm-hmm. I I just love to snuggle up, and I'm thinking about it right now. I could just fall asleep right now <laughs> thinking about it. Also, the you know I love a stocking stuffer. Oh, yeah. The, the packaging that the heatless satin curlers come in, perfect for a stocking. It is. Mm-hmm. It's goes shaped right, like a stocking. It just goes right in. And you're like, I'm ba- by the way, I'm gifting you massively cute hair that will last for days. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Well, speaking of the heatless satin curling rollers, you can say bye-bye to heat damage. There are TikTok videos of people throwing away their $600 curlers for this. You also love their quick-dry hair towels. They work like a dream. You seriously don't even know it until you try. And also, don't forget their classic hair ties and scrunchies. And the best clip you have ever gotten. Kitsch is offering you 30% off your entire order at mykitsch.com slash sinister. That's right. 30% off anything and everything at mykitsch, spelled M-Y-K-I-T-S-C-H dot com slash sinister. One more time, mykitsch.com slash sinister for 30% off your order. According to Vice, it was the 2019 post on 4chan that inspired the first bit of Backroom's fan fiction. Chris Freeward was inspired by the creepy office space and posted his fictional story about the backrooms to the Reddit forum Creepypasta. Other users took note and began submitting their own backrooms fiction. Beyond that, they began creating images that allegedly showed other areas or levels of the backrooms. Legions of more users then began developing interactive videos and games that purported to explore the backrooms even further. Freeward told Vice that he believes the concept of the backroom speaks to people who grew up in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. 
given the focus on clunky architecture and now empty spaces. He said, A lot of the common locations in my life up to that point were these old, slightly run-down buildings with dated interior design and very odd auras surrounding them. The back rooms is the perfect culmination of this. They do look very dated. They look like mm-hmm. an 80s office building that was mm-hmm. just abandoned, like like huge, too, where it would be like a whole floor was just IT, you know, yeah. or it's just the giant rooms where there were probably a hundred cubicles in it, really wide, long hallways. Mm-hmm. Everything's kind of monotone, the same color, nothing really interesting about it. And it just kind of has like a a sad kind of desperation to it. Yeah, kind of sad. Office, like what office space, the movie lampooned mm-hmm. and satirized. It's the sad horror version of office space. <laughs> yeah. Once the idea began to take off, those fascinated by the back rooms needed a place to gather online. Created just a week after the 2019 post on 4chan, the subreddit R Backrooms now has over 242,000 members and is ranked in the top 1% of subreddits by size. The community's description is the text of the 2019 4chan post, followed by the warning, This is a fictional concept. However, like most internet lore, users agree to treat ideas, images, and stories as fact, as it makes the experience much more fun for everyone. Posts in the subreddit range from original content, including animations and images of creepy, liminal spaces, to posts where users have found themselves in a backrooms-looking place and posted photos they have taken, giving each place a backrooms level number. For instance, one user posted an image they took of a long subway tunnel and wrote in the caption, Level 111, the subway tunnels, clipped through the road and fell here. So far, all seems calm. Have yet to see the dark creature that is rumored to roam the halls. Comments play into the collective fiction, with other users encouraging the original poster, providing advice for avoiding the entity that may be lurking down that corridor. Yeah, and it's interesting if you're waiting for the subway, you know, you get off a super late shift, you're standing there by yourself and you look down this long, you know, track or whatever and take a picture and put it on Reddit and you're like, ooh, I think I'm in a backrooms level. And you have 50 people going, yeah, there's probably a monster around the corner. Make sure you have your almond milk or whatever they suggest that you take. Almond water. Yeah. Or almond water. That's what it is. Have your almond water. So then it's like you, it's fun. It's like reaching out. It's a way to connect, I think, is what I gathered from being in that place. Like people seem to like enjoy like encouraging each other. For sure. It's like like role-playing, I think, mm-hmm. any kind of RPG. And it creates a community and mm-hmm. something fun and exciting, kind of spooky online. I think if it stops there, that's great. If now you're like, well, I'm going to venture into this uh, underground tunnel to see if the entity's there, and you might put yourself in some dangerous situations, that's where it might Get a little, eh, but that's also why people do it. They like that yeah. thrill. They, yeah. I mean, so many of the comments on these forums are people saying, why would you guys want to intentionally find this if you can't get out? It's just a death sentence. And a lot of people are like, yeah, it seems about what I'm doing right now. You know, one guy, one person was like, at least I wouldn't be living with my parents. Sick burn on your parents. Did you Damn. rather go live in the back rooms and have to deal with your parents' no rules? Yeah. I don't, I hate your rules, mom. <laughs> I'd rather no clip. But there's something, you know, exciting about it, thrilling for a lot of people. It is very video game like. So if mm-hmm. you're a gamer and you kind of like that world, this is almost kind of like a real life video game. 
yeah, your wish of what if this was tr- this mm-hmm. real, this escapism that I used partially, it was real. And also, I think there's overlap with urban explorers who might already be out there looking for stuff like this. Then they post it. Not only that, it has, you know, if people don't know to look for, you know, abandoned building porn is a subreddit I follow. It's just abandoned shit or like. <laughs> urban explorers you know people that go into old places um then they've now found instead of just being like here's a picture of a tunnel i found it's like this is backrooms level one three four five mm-hmm. and people are like "Ooh, let's share it you know it's just a way to like get more views on your stuff and there's infinite level i think there's i mean i don't know there's like hundreds of thousands of levels according to some people which is kind of to back it up a bit the whole kind of concept there's like three different ways you can kind of look at it. There's like the purists, the backrooms purists. They're like, no, the backrooms are just these pictures of these creepy office space looking places and that's it. Then like a new kind of generation was like, no, we're going to make this into like a bigger thing. And there's levels and there's entities on each level. And we're going to rank the levels in terms of like survival and what you need and how you fight off these entities, which is more like a video game. Mm-hmm. But because there's not any, nobody owns this, like we mm-hmm. said, anybody can create anything. So there's a lot of different like lores you can explore with this, um, which I also thought was was cool. There's it always splinters. <laughs> it, there's always a splinter for sure. While there is no guaranteed method to no clipping out of reality and into the back rooms. In fact, most people stumble into them accidentally. For those interested in trying to cross the interdimensional threshold, there are some tips, according to Backrooms Wiki. First, look for entrances to the backrooms, a.k.a. glitches in reality. These are often hiding in plain sight, a wall that is slightly darker than its surrounding walls, doors that appear out of place or seem to lead to nowhere, and areas that evoke feelings of bizarre uneasiness may all be signs that you are close to no-clipping. For those brave enough to purposely enter, online forums suggest simply walking into the discolored wall or opening the strangely placed door. If you do decide to see what's on the other side, Backrooms Wiki strongly advises to come prepared with items like a backpack, first aid kit, water, non-perishable food, a flashlight, and a silent weapon such as a knife or machete. So you're just supposed to run headlong into a wall or a door crack is what I'm hearing. Well, it worked for Harry Potter and all them. So I think oh. that's what we're supposed to do is just, we, you got to trust the process. You can't think I'm going to run head first in this wall. You got to think I'm going to walk up to this wall and now I'm into the, in, in the back rooms. Yeah. I, you know what? I guess if you see it, you got to go get your stuff and then come back or you just walk around prepared constantly. You always be prepared there's a whole list of things that you're supposed to take and it changes depending on the level but you also kind of it says everybody enters at level zero so i guess you just gotta take a suitcase in case you get to other levels so you have everything you need something dragging behind you a dolly a cart Mm -hmm. and they said get a silent weapon because you don't want your noise to attract other things that might be in there. So you got to get something with a silencer. Will they get you? They can hear you. That's what they say. I'm done. (laughs) 
I breathe so loud. Yeah, you're too I'm, loud. <laughs> I'm way too loud. I knock into things, I drop stuff, and I breathe like Darth Vader. There's no way. I'm going. I'm, the first five minutes, I'm out. They're like, there's nothing in here. How did she trip? We don't know. <laughs> I did. I tripped on my own feet. Where were my Uggs? I've been wearing my Uggs for a few days. We were at the airport back in DFW yesterday. I tripped on my own feet two different times, and you saw me both times. And I just turned around like, what was that? And you're like, your feet, man. It was nothing. Yeah. You got to be quiet because you don't know what's lurking. And like the original post said, if you hear something, it's already heard you. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I'm done, though. We're done. We're done. (laughs) (laughs) Whether you went searching for the back rooms or fell into the alternate reality by mistake, chances are you will find yourself in level zero, the original image most commonly associated with the back rooms. While the surroundings are certainly bleak and unsettling, The true horror of the backrooms comes from knowing that once you're in them, you won't be getting out. As the legend goes, there is no returning to the reality you once knew, and your only concern now is survival. This might mean trying to survive on level zero, or exploring the endless hallways until you find a way to another level. It should also be noted that as the levels increase, so do the dangers and likelihood of death. Indeed, Backrooms Wiki stresses the importance of remaining calm if you happen to find yourself in the backrooms. Try not to panic. This will only make it more difficult to collect your bearings. Time does not function the same in the backrooms as it does in the outside world. A few seconds may feel like an eternity, and vice versa. It's recommended you take a watch to keep track of time and avoid deprivation issues. Additionally, stay as quiet as possible for you never know what type of creature may be lurking around an unseen corridor. A few of the hundreds of entities to avoid include shadowy figures lurking on the opposite side of windows, smilers, or glowing smiling faces that are attracted to lights, and one of the most dangerous creatures, the hound. Hounds are crawling half-dog, half-human hybrids that are aggressive and will attack. If you're unlucky enough to find yourself face-to-face with one of these, try intimidating it by not breaking eye contact. If you're lucky, this will buy you enough time to escape their torturous wrath. We got one of these in the living room right now. And, uh, <laughs> her, her name's, name's Lucy Goose. Lucy. <laughs> she sucks. I got one in the backyard. Her name's Petal. And <laughs> I try not to break eye contact all the time. And I've lost every staring contest we've ever had. She's an un- undefeated staring, cha- staring mm-hmm. contest champ at your house. Yes, Absolutely. The popularity of a meme often means its downfall, and Backrooms seems to be experiencing some of the growing pains of other creepypastas. Posts in the subreddit refer to Backrooms Ruiners, those users who don't get the concept but participate anyways, or those that make so-called cringy posts that include roleplay and expanding fictional lore. See, this is where you get the splinter groups. Some people are purists. They want it to be what it was, and they don't want anything added. And other people think, just like the back rooms are endless, so can the lore be. It's like a giant group project mm-hmm. where one, like, some people are like, it's fine. And other people are like, we can do this, and we can add this, and we can do this. People are like, just leave it. It's just fine. Stop it. That's why <laughs> like, I never liked group projects. Worst. They're the worst. <laughs> what was it like? Let the people from my group project be the pallbearer at my funeral so they can let me down for one last time? <laughs> My whole life, I was that kid that was like, it's fine, here's here. You did all the work and they took oh, yeah. all the credit? <laughs> I never got the credit because it's a group project. That's true. The group I had a lot of teachers credit. that were like, if one grade, it's for everyone. And I was like, well, I'm not trying to fail. Right, yeah. 
And then those other kids are like, well, good. Now we got somebody else doing all the work and we can just skate by. Fucking sucker. Narc face and sucker face. (laughs) You got to do a curve or everybody, it's, it's every person for themselves. Your grade is your grade. That's what we got. That's, that's how I would run my class personally. I loved it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's law school, man. It's cutthroat. Yeah. Well, also it's like. I want to be responsible for myself. I'm not trying to like babysit or keep up with someone I barely know. I got enough problems. I'm just trying to get my own ass through this. When like high school is fine because you like know the people and whatever. Yeah. You probably like got to school them forever. But fucking college group assignments of like, I don't know who Barry is. He sits over there. I've never talked to him no. once in my life. And they're like, well, now you have to spend six hours a week with him every week for five <laughs> like, weeks. What? And I'm like, what are you trying to make us fall in love? Like, yeah. I'm not doing that. <laughs> And then you, I never would hear from them, and then it would be due, and I'd be like, well, I made this dinosaur diorama in this shoebox. And they're like, all right, good. Okay, go, good. Well, we were hoping somebody would do it. Looks like we, that person was you. Fucking Barry. You all get a B plus. <laughs> Much of the role play has been cataloged on a different website, the Backrooms Fandom Wiki, a database describing the various aspects of the rooms, their difficulty levels, and the monsters that lurk within. As an example... A place called Grandma's House is one of the agreed-upon levels of the backrooms, featured in TikToks, Reddit posts, and its own wiki page. Users are drawn to its creepy doors, ruined interiors, and spacious yards surrounding the property. This is one of the first videos I came upon was the a video a video I put in quotes of Grandma's House on TikTok, and it was it was I believe it was a virtual like animated thing that was mm-hmm. made. As I first watched it, I was like, "Oh, they're walking through a creepy house," and then I was like, "Got close," you know, it's like eerie, uncanny valley. I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh no, that's fake." Oh, Tommy has some video games that I, I watched one for a good ten minutes before I realized it was not a movie. I mean, it's they're so realistic. Even the sports one. I kept walking through one day. I was like, what soccer game is this? He's like, this is FIFA. <laughs> PlayStation. I'm like, God, it looks so realistic. But they, I mean, graphics and everything are so good now that you can really suspend reality, especially if that's what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And trick your brain into thinking, no, this is all real. Trick your brain and trick my brain. Because mm-hmm. I was like, trick oh, everybody's wow. brain. There are warnings to avoid various evil entities lurking in this level and others, according to the wiki. Entities are a category of varying beings and organisms residing within and originating from the back rooms. There are many different types and varieties of entities, both hostile and passive. The nature of each entity type varies greatly, though most stray far from the familiar creatures we know in the front rooms. Understanding the behavior and nature of entities you encounter within the back rooms is crucial to your survival. I watched a couple videos that have these entities, however they made them with computer stuff. I don't know, but there was one that it was just from a distance. Something that really gets me in movies or something is if you see something from a distance, like at the end of a long hallway. And you know it's there, and you know it sees you, and now it's just like, who's going to move faster? And this motherfucking thing came just like walking real unnaturally. Yeah, it looked like one of those uh, big blow-up things you see out of like car washes. That, you know what nice. I mean? What are those things but scary. Called? The wacky inflatable tube man? Yes, yes, those, but scary and coming at you. I, I did not like it. The hounds also... You just see this shadowy, like, dog human crawling on the ground, creeping around a corner. 
the Smilers, it, they're like cartoonish. Like if a kid took glow in the dark pen and and drew a little smiley face, and they you just see them in the dark, and the thing was like. No one's ever gotten close enough or at least survived to know what they look like up close. So if you see one, you have to be quiet and slowly back away because they sense fear. And if you run, they're coming after you. I'm not good at that stuff. When I see something scary, I immediately go into flight mode. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, what what am I going to fight? A disembodied head with the (laughs) jaws? How do you know? You don't know how to fight it. Because it's not a machete. It's not of this world. Yeah. yeah, that's why you got to get a machete. I'm going back to a baseball bat. Was that Adrian Beltre? Just any ghost, anything, back rooms, see, whatever. To me, those you got to get close enough. Yeah, I need something like a taser or something where I don't have to get close, but I can do some damage. Yeah, slingshot. Damn. Well, that's it worked in it worked in it. I don't think I'd be a good shot. Oh, you got to practice. Yeah, Get Ella a slingshot. Yeah. Well, work with her I in the backyard. I start training for my backroom's journey today. <laughs> She's like, Mommy, why do I have to do? I just want to go back to swim lessons. This is more important. God damn it. <laughs> do you know what? What are you going to do if you're, if you're faced with a fucking smiler? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I got a teacher and God... Oh, the phone calls from school that we're going to get <laughs> about that one. <laughs> um, Ella's convinced the entire class that they can't go outside or they're going to slip into an alternate reality and something called a hound is going to eat them. I don't know. That sounds that sounds weird. You should probably talk to her about that. <laughs> yeah, was, no less than three children have got goose eggs on their forehead because she convinced them to run between the supply closet and my desk. She said they could no clip. Do you, one of them knocked himself out. You're like, well, they should have been smarter. I'm like, not did they believe hard enough? Because it sounds like they didn't. They didn't want it. And so that's why they're injured. It's not because of her. She was trying to help them, by the yes, way. I refuse to be held accountable for this. <laughs> Leave her alone. Mm-hmm. The fandom wiki also includes the supposed history of the backrooms, including information on the MEG, an acronym meaning Major Explorer Group, described on the wiki as a large and influential group existing within the backrooms. This group was founded by the first in 1885 and finalized in terms of leadership in the year 1900. The MEG acts as a form of government for the first few thousand levels of the backrooms and is very effective in this role. The rulers of the group are called the impresarios, who either inherit their positions or are elected into their position. We got elections here too, I, man. Even, I, I was we just about to say, even in a place where nothing exists, somehow we got to have politics. There's somebody in charge. Somebody gets voted in charge. So, God damn it! It can't just be like this is lawless. Everybody <laughs> does whatever they want. But also, how do you? see these things because you don't know if they're a wanderer that's also stumbled in because they tell you don't trust anybody don't trust anything everything could be a monster <laughs> you don't know what's going on that's just life baby yeah so how do you know if this is an impresario and you should listen to them or if it's a smiler posing as an impresario also elected into their position who's running these elections are they fair and free mm-hmm. when do i show up how do i show up do i get a sticker what level is it on do i have to get to the level in order to be able to vote in which case that's not equitable no. i think level zeroers should have just the same rights as level 999 it's everywhere it. even in the back rooms topple the impresarios <laughs> down with the meg <laughs> 
In response to the influx of new players interested in the backrooms, another Redditor, LitBeep, created their own subreddit called R True Backrooms to move away from the fictional game and keep the discussion more grounded in the 2019 4chan post. The description of True Backrooms reads, Backrooms. Disquieting, empty, monotonous rooms that somehow feel familiar and nostalgic. Sort of like cursed images, but with a focus on rooms. This is a subreddit for discussion of the backrooms and the feelings it evokes, rather than lo- rather than role-playing and building lore. You gotta put true backrooms. Mm-hmm. It's like whenever like my hometown Mesquite had this Facebook page. It was like the Mesquite Facebook page and so much drama happened. They created the real Mesquite, oh. which I'm also in. And then <laughs> they'll be like, unlike the other Mesquite page or like some Facebook groups do this, but we're the real Mesquite. We're it's the like, real Mesquite. <laughs> this is the true backrooms. It's, it's weird to get so worked up and passionate about something that's all made up. But I mean, that's 90% of the shit, I guess, in, in our society. So who am I to say what's weird or not? What did William Shatner say when you're up yeah. in space? It's all like, that's fuck true. it, right? Just yeah. be cool. But I do find it interesting that some people really do just want to explore how those images make them feel. And yeah. others are more in it for the community role-playing aspect that's more game-based, which that's the one I think is more fun. Uh, the game-based one? Yeah, that's. I mean, I also find it interesting to look at these pictures and think, why does this make me feel unsettled? Mm-hmm. But I also like the idea of, like, levels and having to find stuff. I mean, we know that what I finally did, what I've been wanting to do for years while we were in Denver this weekend. Yes! And we did an escape room. Finally. I feel like now I can get into the back rooms and get out because... We successfully navigated our way out of this escape room. I did we that- have to have get some clues from Aaron? <laughs> a couple. I didn't want them. I felt pressured. <laughs> we had to say yes. But in the end, I think we did really well. And I think hopefully the participants in the back rooms are not as destructive at the participants in the escape room before us because the amount of things that were posted up oh don't do this don't smash this don't put your penis in i'm just kidding didn't say that but it was like <laughs> don't crush this don't destroy it and eventually i said god what do they do to you people and he said it's fine it's it's not that bad like but i was like good god there's a sign on everything that was like don't put this in don't your move mouth this. don't kick it there's don't no reason for you to touch like, this there was a child's bed. He was like, please don't jump on the child's bed. I was like, that tells me someone's jumped on oh, that bed. Oh, yeah. He goes, it'll collapse immediately, <laughs> which means it has many times. <laughs> yes. So let's just hope that when we know clip in reality that we can yank things off the wall if we want. It's the back rooms, baby. Mm-hmm. No rules. Yeah. Just right. It's uh, it, well, Is there anything on the walls even? I don't know. You're just trying to run into them. Just get it, Get to the next level. Grandma's house, there's so much shit on walls. It's fucked oh. up. It looks like it was ransacked. Yeah, Grandma's house creeps me out. There's a lot of levels that have creepy names, and they're like video games, you know? Mm-hmm. They're all themed and have, like, creepiness about them. I don't want to go to Grandma's house. I want to go to real Grandma's house. But, like, yeah. just the just hearing Grandma's house and knowing it's in a creepy setting you get an immediate visual and feeling of what that is. When it having it been empty, you're right, because we've all had a grandma. And we have, but when you see it empty, that means that there was a grandma and she is no more. Mm-hmm. Or there was a family, because there's family portraits like askew on the wall. And you're like, oh, what happened to Where them? Are they? What happened to me? They all ran headfirst into a wall. They're just piled up in a bedroom somewhere. <laughs> they made they it out. Knocked themselves out. 
Litbeep told Vice that they were inspired by the original 4chan image, saying, When I first heard of the backrooms and saw its accompanying image, I was taken aback. Viewing these images of barely furnished or many times unfurnished yellow tinted rooms, it elicited this feeling of longing and nostalgia. Sometimes those feelings even gave way a bit to anxiety. I don't I don't get the feeling of longing or nostalgia when I see any of these images. For me, it's more um, loneliness, isolation, and anxiety. Yeah, the only ones that I was like, oh, kind of nostalgic for is I saw a couple that were like old malls. And I was like, oh, that looked like the mall mm-hmm. I used to shop in as a kid. But then your brain is like, but what happened to all the Where stores? Where is everyone? Like yeah. It looks like Valley View Mall that's, I think, now been demolished. But, mm-hmm. it, you know, where it's, it is that because of many of the photos were from kind of the time when we were growing up, 80s, 90s, early 2000s, you're, it's recognizable. And then when it is destroyed or it goes on forever, it's like, oh, wait. Yeah. And you, I also wonder, like, why is this still here? If yeah. there's this huge building or warehouse that's just completely empty, why isn't it being used or why hasn't it been torn down and something usable has been built. So that's why it's also creepy to me is I think what is going on here? What, or what could be going on? Yeah. What are y'all using this space for? Mm -hmm. That anxiety is not unfounded. The creepiest pictures of supposed back rooms often show liminal spaces deriving from the Latin word lemon, meaning threshold. Liminal is used to describe a threshold or gateway between two places. For instance, an elevator, a stairwell, or a long hallway are all examples of liminal spaces. As internet users have become more fascinated with these spaces, online hubs have developed, including the subreddit r liminal spaces. There's a subreddit for everything. There is, and there's a bot that will you can follow and it'll just tweet out pictures that people upload in the subreddit if you just want to like look at the pictures. It's very interesting. I don't know if I follow it, but I did find it. And the pictures are, like you said, your brain just kind of like wants to fill in that blank. Mm -hmm. When we were uh, in Denver this weekend staying at the Brown Palace Hotel and we were on the tour of the hotel, there were several times when we looked down the hall and we were like, this is it. We get it. This Mm -hmm. It's like it's a long hallway and then it splits and you can't see what's on either side of those splits. And so you have to make a decision and. Someone who hates making decisions and you're like, did I make the right decision? What if I should have made the other decision? Which I think is another reason these things give me anxiety is because there's so many choices to be made. And then if you feel like, oh, I think I should have turned right and left a few corridors back. How do you get back to that? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I I am not good with directions. I would forever just be walking around and never find my way out She's of one lost. of these things. She's lost in there. forever. She's gone. I'm Somebody done. put an air tag on her so we can find her. She's gone. <laughs> She's gone in the space. Well, and you're right. And I think if you have a, not a fear of choices, but if making a choice, especially one like this, where it's predicated, your survival is predicated on the choice, staying is also a choice. Not moving yeah. is a choice. And moving is a choice. So no matter what you do, you, ha- you have chosen. You know, you, you think, well, if I'm not doing anything, that's no, that's a choice, too. Well, that's life, so it's like, baby. Oh, that's, dude, right? Whether you decide to... Go forward with your dreams, stay stagnant, or do something else. Like, all of those are choices. Yeah. You you have, your inaction was an action. Mm-hmm. Is it just, was it the action you wanted it to be? Mm-hmm. Created in August of 2019, just months after the 4chan post, the Liminal Spaces subreddit description reads, 
A liminal space is the time between the what was and the next. It is a place of transition, waiting, and not knowing. Liminal space is where all transformation takes place if we learn to wait and let it form us. With over a half a million members, the page is filled with eerie images showing long roads covered in fog with no end in sight, or fluorescent tinted hotel corridors with door after door going on forever. Is it Hellraiser that there is a scene in it where they look into a mirror and it's one of those things like where it's just like the mirror repeating itself over and over and over and over? You know what I mean? I've not seen Hellraiser, but that sounds fucked up. And I was in a fun house at the fair this year with my niece and it yes. was that. And we kept bonking into the plastic. The, the mirror maze when we went to Ripley's, believe it or yes. not, was the same way too. Now, it was a little easier to find your way out because they had stickers all over the mirrors that said, please don't touch the mirrors. <laughs> so you were like, well, okay, now I and know. like fire escape at the top, like exit this way. <laughs> yeah. So you were never in danger of truly being no, lost. No, 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 like, no. But oh, it is that stairs. creepiness of like, you don't know what's real and what's not. And as humans, we want to be able to look at something and know mm -hmm. this is safe or this isn't safe. And if you look at it and you're like, I don't even know if this is real, then you can't really decide if it's true or false. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> I, my, my head went up when you said that. I, I like, saw oh. that. I saw your finger raise. I'm like, Christy's yep. question, true <laughs> or false? I believe we told that at the moment. Last we show. did. Yes. We, at our last live show, of we were watching a video game and I was very confused by it. And I just went. Is this true or false? And everybody was like, "I don't know." That's just life in general. <laughs> well, it's a but you're but you were you said it, it with a degree of frustration and fear of like mm -hmm. what because it, it was the video game was like people of Zoom type view or like Skype call type view like a first person webcam view of someone being like, "Help me, I need help." Mm -hmm. And you're like, "Wait a minute, is this true or false?" Yeah, and not knowing is mm -hmm. what for. The back rooms is the worst part of it for a lot of people is the not knowing. Mm -hmm. The fear of these empty spaces has a name. Kinophobia. Those suffering from this phobia have an irrational fear of large voids. YouTuber As You Write Reaction suffers from kinophobia and created a video describing his experience with the disorder. His fear is triggered by interacting with spaces, including video games, that feature empty, liminal spaces that go on with seemingly no end. In his experience, the introduction of an end to the void, for instance, seeing mountains on a long, vast landscape, largely reduces his kinophobic anxiety. I thought this was fascinating to hear from somebody that suffers from this and plays a lot of games and was explaining if a tree is in the in the picture, even like a, in the distance, sometimes that even helps just because it gives a depth perception mm -hmm. to the depth. But he was like, airplane hangers make me sick. Like, And he said it's the opposite of agoraphobia because he's like, I love when there are people around bumping into me. He goes, if I'm in Tokyo, New York, wherever, we're a bustling street and people are all around me. That makes me want to throw up. Yeah. But he was like, I love it, and I love when there's people. It's the absence of people that's like, <gasps> you feel alone. And yeah, there's, I mean, safety in numbers, that's evolutionary. So that, that goes back a long ways, too. The fear and thrill of exploring the endless levels of the backrooms have added to its popularity, especially on TikTok. The liminal spaces hashtag alone has over 2 billion views. 
The content ranges from visual tours through creepy places like abandoned indoor playgrounds or empty schools to eerie virtual backrooms levels labeled with their survivability rate. One video from TikToker Urbex Ventures is titled Safest Backrooms Levels. It shows different footages of houses, once again mentioning the level referred to as Grandma's House. Level 1950, Grandma's House. Survival rate, 80%. The footage is of an older model house filled with ancient items like faded better homes and gardens magazines, family portraits askew on the wall, and piles of garbage, including antique Halloween masks. But again, I'm like looking at it and I was like, this looked real. And there was those like, you know what I'm talking about where it's like a clown. It's like a plastic face Mm -hmm. form of a clown. And it's just discarded on the ground. And Mm -hmm. you're like, what did you do with that? Why is that there? Who was wearing that last and why aren't they wearing it now? Yeah, it's the, the details or the absence of details is what makes your brain start to make all these connections and just... For me, start catastrophizing because you're like, how did this get here? What did we? What are we doing? Why? Why is everything empty? Or where did this entire family go? Mm-hmm. So it's often the real prison is our own mind, <laughs> right? You know? This is the all, this is the back rooms is but a doorway into the hell that is our own imagination. <laughs> <laughs> Given that no single group owns the concept of the back rooms, splinter groups have formed with their own wiki pages, subreddits, and lore. The backrooms concept is fluid and changes with each new edition. In January of 2022, the first episode of an analog online video series appeared on YouTube from producers Kane Pixels called simply The Backrooms Found Footage. The nine-minute short film follows Kane Parsons, a 17-year-old filmmaker who no-clips while shooting a film in an alleyway and ends up in the backrooms. It has garnered 41 million views since its release 10 months ago. So this was interesting to me because I watched another Backrooms enthusiast that had tons and tons of followers on YouTube explaining the Backrooms and mentioned this and was like, but you need to know that the lore that's in the Kane Pixels video is different than Mm -hmm. the Backroom Wiki lore, which is also different than true Backrooms. And so you start to like, you got to choose a side. You got to choose whose side are you on? Whose team are you going on? Yeah, Kane is really 17 and he's done he's done a ton in the in the film industry already so i mean i imagine he's going to be very successful but this is a really interesting short film and it's creepy it's just first Mm -hmm. person long ass corridors dimly lit stuff everything evokes like a an uneasiness you might you think did i just see something in that hallway or is that just my eyes playing tricks on me you know and then you think this guy just accidentally stumbled into this. Well, mm-hmm. I could accidentally stumble into this. It's the accidentally stumbling into it that gets me because I'm not going to go out searching for this, but I run into shit all the time. So there's a good chance I just run into a wall and next thing I know, I'm in grandma's house. Yeah. You slip through. A, I think, well, let me just adjust my shoe and I like <laughs> lean over into a wall and it's like, whoop, and I'm Whoopsie. gone. See? Dunzo. Where's Heather? All that's left is her cross. <laughs> That's how we know where the portal is, wherever your Crocs are. That's right. She got sucked up somehow. (laughs) In June of 2022, a video game was released called Inside the Backrooms, described as a horror multiplayer game based on the creepypasta. Game Rant gave the game positive reviews, calling it a remarkably unique horror concept that captures its terrifying tone and atmosphere incredibly well. 
Other games like The Backrooms 1998 have also capitalized on the interest in the concept. It's kind of the thing about, like you said earlier, nobody owns it. So if, you know, Kane wanted to make his film, but also if, you know, whatever, A24 wants to make uh, Backrooms, they can make, like the concept isn't owned by anybody. Mm -hmm. That yellow image, in theory, is owned by someone somewhere, but like who can prove, you know, who originally took it or whatever, especially if the metadata doesn't say. So Mm -hmm. you just... Then it's instantaneous recognition, and you're like, oh, well, our video game's going to sell really well, or our, this inspired me. I've seen clips of people playing this on TikTok, and I watched it for quite some time, not realizing it was a video game until I read the comments and figured out what was going on. And the whole time I was like, is this real? Is this a movie? Is this a documentary? Because, again, it was that first person, and just someone panicked, a, a girl just yelling out hello and you know empty rooms and then no matter what she would always start back over at the beginning and which that's is the creepy also thing. creepy yeah i was gonna say that's the creepy thing is that you're like okay oh no we're back mm-hmm. yeah i don't know there's there's some name for that that's like that cyclical like that's that horror movie where you think you're out and it's that release and then it's like like mm. Freddy Krueger style, where at the end of it, they think, oh, we're good to go. And then you look it back at the door mm-hmm. and he's actually at the door. Yeah, that's, yeah, like Groundhog Day type of stuff. I think we got to have Tommy play this horror game and we watch it. This is our next game to watch. I'm down. I'm down for any and all, any and all Backrooms games. Doing it. As long as it's dirt digital. <laughs> <laughs> Sinisterhood will be right back. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds Anytime, anywhere, at your own pace. You can learn creative writing with Margaret Atwood. You can learn acting skills from Natalie Portman. Or you can learn beat making and producing from Timbaland. Mm-hmm. With over 150 classes from a range of world-class instructors, that thing you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. Masterclass is accessible on your phone, web, or smart TV, offering classes on a wide variety of topics, all taught by world-class instructors at the top of their fields. Each class is broken out into individual video lessons, usually around 10 minutes long. Members can explore at their own pace, and each class is supported by downloadable materials, class guides, recipes, or more. Learn how to write anything from a book or screenplay to just a letter. Learn how to communicate with your boss or your family. How to make a dinner worthy of a Michelin star or how to make really good scrambled eggs. Whatever you're interested in, there's a class for you. It's also really fascinating to compare the classes. Like I've taken the Neil Gaiman writing class, then comparing that to Aaron Sorkin, which is more screenplay, Mm -hmm. then the Shonda Rhimes class, which is more TV writing. But then Aaron Sorkin's also TV writing. It's like, oh, there's so many more than one way to do something. And finding people that you really respect and being able to learn from them and then, you know, put it all together to make your own creative Mm -hmm. thing. I think that's a beautiful thing. Find your own voice. There is currently a class being taught by FBI Special Agent John Douglas, who pioneered the modern profiling as a chief of the Bureau's National Center for the Analysis of Violent Crime. I'm very into this. He inspired Silence of the Lambs. He inspired Mindhunter. He takes you into the interrogation room with criminals like Charles Manson and John Wayne Gacy. He breaks down how he applied his own methods to interview those types of serial killers, but We can also use those things just to understand people in everyday life and understand human behavior. So, you know, we don't all want to be interviewing serial killers, but those same types of methods can be applied to other situations as well. 
Yeah, you get motives, body language, spotting like who's being a liar in the mm-hmm. room. It's that's what we need right here. You're on your your own little detective. I highly recommend you check it out. Get unlimited access to every class. And as a Sinisterhood listener, you get 15% off an annual membership. Go to masterclass.com slash creepy now. That's masterclass.com slash creepy for 15% off Masterclass. Even with the popularity of video games and short films on the subject, the line between reality and fiction seems to have become blurred for some. TikTokers who only first hear of the concept on the video platform sometimes experience confusion, thinking the videos they are seeing of these creepy spaces may be real. One of the most popular hashtags is hashtag Backrooms Explained, where kind creators take to breaking down the lore for those who may first have seen it on TikTok and panicked thinking it was real. That acceptance of the concept as real is part of the evolution that takes it from a creepypasta to an urban legend. Much like Slenderman, which also started as a creepypasta, the repeatable eeriness draws more people into believing it. According to Jeffrey Tolbert, an expert that studies signs, stories like Slenderman are enticing to large audiences. Tolbert told the BBC, The original Slenderman post provides tantalizing hints of a larger narrative involving a terrifying creature and thus sets the stage for the processes that would lead to the communal construction of the entire narrative tradition. Similarly, the initial Backrooms post planted the idea of 600 million square miles of creepy hallways lurking just one no-clip away from reality. I think that's a really important parallel to draw between these two, between Slender Man and this, is that the idea of Slender Man was that he's been around forever and all of these things could have happened, which leads a lot of openness for this communal narrative creation. And then similarly, if the back rooms, you tell them there's millions and millions of miles, you're like, oh, well, I can make my own level. And I'm, it's kind of like a giant improv game, too, because you mm-hmm. can't really say no, because nobody invented it. Like, you can't right. tell me what Slender Man does and doesn't do, because I can just post it online as well as anybody else can. Mm-hmm. While for some it's fun to create an entire fictionalized lore around a simple initial construct, sometimes a shared delusion can be dangerous. One such delusion that is not so far removed from the backrooms is the Matrix defense. This defense involves blaming the mindset of a killer on their ingrained belief that the Matrix movies present the truth, that the reality we walk through each day is actually a simulation or illusion created by an evil mastermind computer. Have you seen a case in which this defense has been presented? I watched one of the most disturbing documentaries of my life about this, and we should do this as an entire episode. There's about five cases where this has been used. What was the documentary called? It's called The Matrix Defense, and it auto-played one day because Paris fell asleep and just, he had, I don't know what he was watching, probably a horror movie or something, and it, it played... No, this is, oh, it's called A Glitch in the Matrix. I apologize. There's a 2003 documentary called The Matrix Defense, but the new Sundance documentary from 2021 is called A Glitch in the Matrix. And they actually call the guy that used this defense and speak with him through jail. Mm. And he explains his thought process. And he still believes that that The Matrix is why he did what he did? Um, I think he's now come to terms with that he was suffering from delusions at the time, but he also it doesn't he doesn't like out, outright renounce from my recollection what happened but the it's it is very disturbing because he just very calmly walks the interviewer through what he did that day he <clears throat> killed his parents and so oh, man. he just says you know 
I woke up, I heard this song, I looked at my poster on the wall and I was like, oh, the Matrix is, we're all living in the Matrix, nothing matters, I'm going to go do this. Wow. Yeah, that's, I'm going to have to watch that for sure. Definitely in like, got to get in the right head yeah, that's for the, it. Yeah, that's disturbing. one more I got the fascinating part I think that we could talk about would be the the how it was applied in at trial in yeah. the various cases mm-hmm. and the effectiveness of it. For sure. Dr. John Kennedy, director of the University of Cincinnati's Institute of Law and Psychiatry, told Boston.com. The concept behind the movie isn't new, but there may be a certain group of individuals who wouldn't have heard about the concept except for the movie who are ripe for hearing that and running with it. Much like the prior used defense of scapegoating music, movies, or video games, the Matrix film was used by several different killers, all in search of an alternative explanation for their violence. Though there have not been any incidents of real-life violence attributed to the backrooms, the greater popularity of the concept may also draw people to them whose motives may extend beyond gameplay. Similar to Slender Man case mm-hmm. that we covered as well. And it's not the Slender Man's fault or the Matrix's fault or the Backroom's fault. It's just another way that people are attracted to delusion. Yeah. And like we said earlier, for, you know, some that have a, a good grasp on things, it's all fun and games. But if you're struggling with mental health, like with Slender Man and those girls end up trying to kill their friend because, you know, they think he's real. If you get people that, are really intent on finding the back rooms and taking out the entities there or wanting to find the the Meg group and becoming one of the impresarios, like then stuff can get a bit dangerous when you get yeah. unhinged people that are really into this. And you kind of say, well, they were going to attach to anything. They just mm-hmm. happened to attach to the Matrix or Slender Man or whatever. As eerie as they are, the back rooms are not entirely new. The labyrinth was an intricate structure in Greek mythology created by Daedalus in order to contain the Minotaur monster. The concept has been adapted over time. While the creepiness of a labyrinthine hedge maze was made famous in the film The Shining, labyrinths also have a therapeutic effect on those who use them. This explains why places like hospitals, hospice care facilities, and theological schools include labyrinths in their architecture. Do you think a labyrinth could contain a santaur? which is the Santa Minotaur that we bought while we were at Wizard's Castle in Denver this week. We did. We bought a Santar ornament. We each did. And also, we were walking up a ramp in the Wizard's Chest. I think you called it the Wizard's Castle. Over and over again. It's a fucking castle from the outside. I'm not crazy. This is... I'm, it's like when Tommy was calling that dispensary Euphoria instead of Euphoria. He goes, I'm sorry, did I just give it a better name and branding <laughs> on did. accident? Yeah. The Wizard's Chest, if you're in Denver, very cool. Lovely. Toy store, costume store, has a ton of board games and then an area where people can gather and play board games together. But part of it is you walk up this ramp that has all these murals and it looks like you're in a labyrinth and... In a very and painted very tiny, and one of them is a minotaur. Mm-hmm. And you were like, "This is why they were created to capture the minotaur." So we took a picture. We'll post it on social media when we yeah. release this episode. Tommy kept being like, "Did you see the minotaur? Did you see it?" And I was like, "We were just talking about this <laughs> uh-huh. for the back rooms." But it's it is also interesting how something that is confusing, creepy, maze like 
Also, I read several articles about how for patients in chronically ill patients or in hospice care, walking it can create a very contemplative, calming atmosphere. But I wonder if it's because those labyrinths that have been in, you know, put in at a theology school or at a hospice have an end in sight and probably yeah. are not all the way up over your head and you're getting lost in it. So it's like taking the concept of walking and wandering, which if you can see that end is okay. And then the shining is the exact same thing, but there's no end. And it's like, oh, holy shit. Well, there's an end. You just can't see it. And you've got Jack Nicholson trying to kill you. (laughs) But I think also at like theological schools and things like that, they're pretty. They're made out of, uh, you know, landscaped hedges and and things like that. It's not just like uh, blank walls, Mm -hmm. uh, overhead lighting that's unflattering and harsh on the eyes, a musty smell. Like it's, it's a nice environment as opposed to these types of labyrinths. Also, like at the Stanley Hotel when we did it, but it only came up to our knees and we couldn't figure out how to get out. So we just stepped over the hedge Hop over it. Yeah. <laughs> Problems. You can't themselves. do that in the back rooms that you there's not just a wall you can climb over and then you're done. God, unless you go through the back rooms and one level is like a tiny back room and you have to step through it and not accidentally crush. Damn, it. there's so many rules. Fuck. When built for reasons other than patient therapy, the concept of a labyrinth can be terrifying. The unknowability of the backrooms take the otherwise serene nature of the twists and turns in a darker direction. When humans are not given direction or the ability to see where they are going, the results can be unsettling. Dr. R. Nicholas Carleton, a professor of psychology at the University of Regina in Canada, elaborated on this concept mental floss, saying, You hear it in common language where people will say things like, it's better that I know, or that the worst part is that I don't know. Well, maybe that legit is the worst part because you can't plan and you can't cope because you're missing info. That's going to create your autonomic nervous system arousal. It's going to make you scared. And broadly, as a species, there's evidence that we don't like being uncertain and we don't like not knowing. I agree with that. And I think that's why things like haunted houses are are effective because it's the not knowing. It's, you know... The uncertainty of it, also shit jumping out at you. But even in a empty space where maybe there's something around a corner, maybe there's not, it's that not knowing. And also not knowing if you're ever going to reach the end. That's yeah. what sets my anxiety into overdrive. Yeah, wanting to know, yeah, what's going to happen mm-hmm. uh, ultimately, which we all know what's going to happen to us ultimately. <laughs> we talked about it in Resurrection Mary. But no, but you know exactly what he said. You can't cope and you can't. Like for for a person whose response to anxiety is planning me, mm-hmm. you know that that you know it basically stops you in your tracks. Like you can't. I'm like, but I, but planning you have to is find all a new I way have. To cope. Yeah, yeah. Planning is all I have. Mm-hmm. The actual purpose of the backrooms remain a mystery. Some believe it's a government initiative. Others consider it to be a collective dream. For many, the allure of the backrooms lie in the mystery of them. While we hold within ourselves an evolutionary fear of the unknown. We are simultaneously drawn to the peaceful labyrinthine nature of the backroom's twists and turns. To enjoy them on demand, we need only head to Reddit, TikTok, or one of the many video games or films made to explore the concept. Whether, like the subreddit says, the backrooms are truly fictional, or whether we are just one no-clip away from 600 million square miles of randomly segmented empty rooms to be trapped in, the backrooms offer an escape into the unknown. So what do we think? 
Well, I think I won't survive, so I'm going to try not to bump into walls. Yeah. But I do think the scary part is comes in may like maybe it's real and maybe we should do an episode on like simulation theory because that's very fascinating Mm -hmm. to me too like people who genuinely believe that it's and that probably dovetails with the matrix a little bit too of like thinking that there's something more like we're you know there's like something beyond this reality that we Mm -hmm. can feel and i think we like to explore that concept maybe this is a safe way to do it but I do worry about people who may take this of like, well, I had to, you know, smother my family because I was worried that we had no clipped into the background, mm-hmm. you know, like, and again, that's just sad. And that's going to just be, it's not the backroom's fault, No, but that's my concern ever. When I see this, I'm like, oh, this is a really amazing fictional concept, but sadly someone's going to take it and warp it. That's everything great that's we've ever made in our yeah. lives, right? Oh, wow. We made this rocket ship that we could go to the moon or a missile, you know, it's like, yeah. You had to take it and fuck it up, didn't you? <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. Ever. Yeah, I I agree. I think it's very interesting to think about. It's also eerie, but mm-hmm. I kind of like that and the creepiness of it. Would I want to find myself in it? No, because I don't like feeling lost mm-hmm. and especially feeling lost when I'm alone. Mm-hmm. That is... I'm just a pure panic sets in. I mean, even in real life, like if I'm driving somewhere and I get lost and for some reason I can't get my GPS to work or get somebody on the phone, like that is terrifying to me to like not know where I'm going. So if it's just an endless loop of that, but also there's monsters. <laughs> nah, I'm not I'm not doing all that. Well, and also I think much like we don't want to do something horrible and scary for real, but we like to ride roller coasters. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, oh, well, I'm not really going to go urban exploring. So now I have this virtual. I watched some guy on TikTok live walking through an empty school. It was real. He really was walking mm-hmm. through an empty school. He was, which I'm like, you're not supposed to be there. Or maybe he worked there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But he was like screaming down hallways and acting like it was haunted. And then people in the comments were like, ooh, go down that hallway. Mm-hmm. Or some people were like, oh, this is so fake. You're full of shit. But it was still kind of this fun. I mean, it's why we go to movies, right? Mm-hmm. We want to be scared safely. And so it's like we were all there watching his live together as he was wondering like, oh, I'm in the back rooms of the school. I can't get out. But like he could get out. Yeah. Or could he? What if it was real and we were That's all true. just commenting shitty things to him? <laughs> He's like, no, but I'm really am stuck. (laughs) But it is, I mean, it's fun to do scary things when you believe that you are safe and there's no real harm. Mm -hmm. I would go to an immersive experience of the back rooms where it's like an escape room with the back rooms. Totally do that. You just solved. You've, um, you're on a roll tonight. Thank you. Because not only for the poetic language from before, but also you were just saying earlier how it bums you out whenever you see a big ass space and you're like, why is no one using this? Oh. Tear it down or make something useful. How have we not made a fucking like rent the office space, charge people tickets and it's in a back room's haunted house. The back room escape. The back yeah. escape room. I don't know. Well, we're we're workshopping the names. <laughs> exactly. So. We'll 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 spitball the names later. But, but people would keep, love that. Oh, and you keep the shitty lights that are already mm-hmm. in there, and keep like if it's kind of like not kept very well, like people would they'd be like, it's so realistic, mm-hmm. it's so immersive. It's like yeah, it used to be a shitty office building, nobody ever updated it. And you have to now go through it by yourself, tickets. like the, yeah. that haunted house in New York called Dark. Yes. You got to go through it by yourself, and all you have is a flashlight. You have to go through the back rooms, haunted house, by your. Or, I, just the back rooms by yourself. But there could be actors in there that like, you just see them like peek at you from behind a corner and stuff like that. Yeah. Damn. And it could be level based. So then 
like like at haunted houses when they have the mazes and you either get you find the door it lets you out or they turn the lights on i've never found the door but Damn. you could advance to different levels and then like if you make it all the way then you win a prize fuck yes it's like an immersive escape room experience this is genius call somebody it somebody presents do the this. back rooms what is it sinisterhood presents the back rooms. oh god we gotta find an empty warehouse <laughs> Done and done. Done and done. Dallas man, drive for fi- Chuck a rock, you'll hit one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's one like down the street from where I live. So. I could tell you where that building was I went to to get my background check. There we go. Yeah, we've already got our location. <laughs> Paris. We can all, we can hire our friends to be actors. Oh, that'd be great. Win, <sighs> win, win. We're doing this. We're doing it somehow. <laughs> somehow we'll do this. That's every idea we have. <laughs> We love providing Sinisterhood to you at no cost, so if you like what you hear, consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We're a small operation, creating the show for you by researching, writing, recording, and producing it ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you'll also get some sweet perks like ad-free episodes, a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those in the rolling the airwaves and getting into it tier, a special shout-out on the show, a monthly bonus mini-sode, and Patreon-exclusive video and audio content, including Am I the Asshole, Relationship Advice, Judge Christie, Dear Sinister, True Crime Headlines, and more. Patrons in our Getting Into It tier are also able to vote on a bonus content segment each month they would like to see live-streamed. The November live-stream will be tomorrow, Thursday, November 17th at 8 p.m. Central. Go to Patreon and you can vote on your topics now. Mm-hmm. You also have the fun perk of access to our Discord server, where you can connect with other fans in real time and discuss the latest in true crime, share personal ghost stories, or just post adorable pictures of your pets. We hop on occasionally and we host monthly Q&As on Crowdcast, where you can ask us all your burning questions. This month's Crowdcast is tonight, November 16th at 8 p.m. Central. It's going to be a ton of fun. We answer the 20 most upvoted questions. We always have a great time. We're, we film together now in our new studio setup at Heather's house. So please join us. For our patrons not in the U.S., you have the option to pay in pounds or euros, saving you the cost of the conversion fee. Annual memberships for all tiers are also now available. Those that select this option will be rewarded with a free month of membership. For more details on all of this and specific member tiers, visit SinisterHood.com and click Patreon on the top banner. And make sure you stick around after our sign-offs to hear your shout-outs. So many of you have been tagging us in pictures of you sporting your sweet Sinisterhood merch. Keep those pictures coming. And if you want to get some cool Sinisterhood swag like beanies and hoodies to keep yourself warm in this chilly, chilly weather, or to give as a gift to that Sinisterhood friend and fan in your life, visit Sinisterhood.com and click shop on the top banner. The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. You can also share any episode by clicking the three dots in the top right corner and share topic-based playlists from Spotify by visiting Sinisterhood.com slash playlist. We also always have a lot of people this time of year gifting Patreon subscriptions to those that they love. I love a subscription gift because... 
it's a gift that literally keeps on giving. You, you, you're you giving them a year's worth of stuff. That can't be beat. And when Mm-mm. you sign up for that, you get a free month off. So also you're saving money on all your other holiday shopping. It's a win-win. Completely genius. And every time they listen to the bonus content on Patreon or get their Sinister at Perks, go into the Q&A, go into the live stream, mentally, subconsciously or consciously, they have to thank you and they're going to owe you big time. Mm-hmm. And that's the point of any gift, right? Yep. You become their favorite person, which is why we all give. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood Pod. Like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. You can also follow us on YouTube and TikTok at Sinisterhood Podcast. Christy, where are you? I am on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace and Twitter and TikTok at Christy or GTFO. Heather? I'm on Twitter at MCK versus the world and I'm on TikTok and Instagram at Heather versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for supporting the show on Patreon. Here are your special Patreon shout outs. Lauren Alm. Stacy Clouds. Amanda Boardman. Alyssa Dillenbeck. Sarah. Mackenzie Mathis. Mallory Hatchett. Haley Inman. Iron Havoc. Jess Sylvester. Aaron Peterson Mishi. Autumn M. Vanessa Smith. Rin. Danielle Wright. Gabby. Sinead Gorham. Caitlin. Heather Cantwell. Stephanie Drocker. Dolly Bag, Lauren H. Colleen Scott. And Laura. Thank you all so much for supporting the show. We hoped we pronounced your names correctly. We could not do this without you. And we sincerely appreciate all the love and support. Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep it creepy. <laughs> Save-